We don't need you to be average. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. We're not here for all that. We're going through a lot of nonsense and we're not interested in any of that average. You are listening to Your Unapologetic Career. Being a woman of color faculty in academic medicine who wants to make a real difference with your career can be tough. Listen, these systems are not built for us, but that doesn't mean we can't make them work for us. In each episode, I'll be taking a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain confidence and effectiveness in pursuing the dream career you worked so hard to achieve. All you have to do is tune in to your unapologetic career with me, your host, Kemi Dole, physician, surgeon, researcher, coach, and career strategist for an always authentic, sometimes a little raw, but unapologetically empowering word. I keep it real for you because I want you to win. Are you building the academic career you want or hard at work checking boxes on everyone else's to-do list? A successful career doing the work that you love doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your values, your family, or your joy. Stop trying to be everything to everybody and get to learning the strategies that will 3x your productivity, hone your passions into grant-funded projects, and create the career you worked so hard to achieve. If you have been to every career development workshop that sounded great, but didn't actually deal with the kind of institutional pressures you face, if you are working hard, but somehow stuck in inefficiency, putting everyone else's priorities first, if you spent years training and sacrificing to become academic faculty, and here you are still working nights and weekends on the projects you care most about, I'm here to tell you that you can walk away from this institutional mindset forever and take control of your career with clarity and strategy. Every day, I help early career women of color faculty in academic medicine, like you, reframe and recreate their academic life so that they can channel their ideas, passions, and skills into grant-funded work with institutional support. And that is why this episode is brought to you by Get That Grant, my six-month comprehensive high-performance coaching program for high-achieving early career women of color faculty in academic medicine who are ready to reclaim career control and secure grant funding doing the work they love. In Get That Grant, we help you kick imposter syndrome to the curb for good, so you lead your career with clarity and confidence. We teach you productivity and strategy skills for grants and papers to maximize your chances of success without wasting your time abandoning your passion, or working yourself into the ground. We help you to build the foundation for an amazing and fulfilling academic career, changing your life and the lives of everyone your work will touch. Yes, this future is possible for you, and it's waiting on you to make the first step. If you're ready for career success without sacrifice, I encourage you to book a coaching consult call today by visiting kemidole.com backslash grant. After you book your call, you will complete an in-depth career foundations assessment, helping you identify the gaps in your foundation that are holding you back from enjoying the career you work so hard to achieve. No more secret worrying that you just don't have what it takes. This career assessment will show you exactly where you need to focus 
to up-level your experience and your impact. Book a coaching consult today to get your career foundation score. Visit kemidole.com backslash grant to book your call. Hello, if you are new here, my name is Kemi Dole and I am a coach and career strategist for women of color in academic medicine faculty. And I want to talk today about how we are not here for mediocrity. And one of the unspoken causes, one of the unspoken ideologies behind why we can end up both feeling and experiencing, because it's real, this gap between what we want for our careers, what we want for ourselves, and what we have ties directly in to this idea, this fact that we didn't work this hard for average careers. We didn't work this hard to be mediocre. Definitely not women of color in academic medicine and public health. Shout out. I see y'all. We didn't do that. And there are implications that come from that, that we don't talk about enough. And that's what I want to speak on tonight. So I have notes tonight because this topic of not being here for mediocrity, of not being interested in having an average career that we're settling for, y'all, I can go off the rails on this topic. (laughs) This is like, like, we'd be here all night and I'm not trying to do that. So I have notes. And I want to start with the fact that I think if you resonate with this, you know, sometimes I can just say, we are not here for mediocrity and people are like, yep, mm -hmm, I know exactly what you're talking about. But this is what I mean. When you have already set yourself to, to have this career, to make it to this goal that by default, you would not be at. By default, you would not have made it through med school, made it through training. Many of you made it through subspecialty training. Many of you made it all the way through to graduating with your PhD, made it through a postdoc, made it through all of those things, and then secured an often coveted faculty position, promotion track faculty position. You don't get there by being average and just by kind of checking boxes and doing the default. No, you get there through a series of very deliberate choices and a complete and total willingness to work your ass off. Like I get it. Like that's like, because the goal is so critical, right? Because what you want, what you know you can do with a career, how much you feel called to do the kind of work that you want to do in the world is so strong that like this question of, oh, it might be difficult. (laughs) Like, oh, I might have to work hard is like never going to be a reason why you're not going to go for it. And I think that those of us that are like that, we're pretty good about asking for help. Like there's this whole kind of narrative like, oh, people don't ask for help or people don't want to ask for help. But like, I have not found that to be true. I think that especially women of color, faculty members in the academy and academic medicine, public health, my ally feels, I'm trying to be inclusive now because y'all keep coming through my DMs and telling me that you're getting a lot of value out of these videos. So shout out to the humanities. (laughs) Shout out to all of you who are listening. I actually think that those of us who work hard and are not interested in average careers, we don't have any problem with going and asking for help. We don't have a problem with going to ask people for advice. We don't have a problem with saying, wait, how am I going to make sure that I get 
that I get here, right? How do I make sure that I hit this bar? Some of us have dealt with setbacks. And so we really are never going to go back again. We're like, oh, wait, like this didn't work out for me. I didn't get this grant or maybe I didn't match the first time. I don't even know. But like that is never happening to me again. So like it has not been my experience personally. And it hasn't been my experience. It has not been my experience with the colleagues and the clients I've met that are like, yes, I have big dreams. I have big goals that there is an issue with reaching out and asking for help. And so we do that. We show up to these faculty positions and we ask for help. We go get the mentor team. Somebody says, you need to build your mentor team. We do it. We go meet with leaders for advice. You know, we do that. We go to the institutional career development offerings. We're like, oh, there's a, there's a series on promotions. Let me go. Let me find out what, what is there. You know, a lot of us have diversity offices. A lot of us have those kinds of groups. We check them out. We're like, yes, I want to know because I want to do great. And I want you to understand that, like, that's a wonderful quality that like, I want to have a big career. I'm not here for mediocrity. I want to do amazing. And so I'm willing to go ask for help and ask questions. That is a beautiful, beautiful quality. And what can happen is that we do that and we follow advice and we, we try to figure out what the rules are. And we try to be excellent. And then when we don't see the return, when we don't see the progress, when the career, if even if the success is coming, is like not sustainable, is when actually I think that the pulling back starts to creep in. Like, wait, it's not that I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I just can't have this big career. Maybe I'm not exceptional. Maybe I can't have the career dreams I want. Like, I don't want to say I'm not exceptional because I think I want to offer, like, I think a lot of us actually hold on to that. We hold on to like, no, I'm smart or whatever. But what we start to let go of when we followed all the advice, we've reached out, we know we have the big goals, but we're not getting where we want to go. We start to let go of the dream career. So even if there's a part of you that is like, oh yeah, Cammy, I know I'm not average. <laughs> you know, I know I'm exceptional. Even if there's that part of you internally, simultaneously, we can still somehow let go of the exceptional career, right? The big goals, the dream of the career. Like, yes, yes, I want to get a grant, but girl, I want to start a center. That's what we're doing here, right? Yes, I want to get promoted, but I'm trying to be a dean, (laughs) right? Like big goals, big careers. I'm trying to have impact in the world. So even if we hold on to that understanding that we know that we're not, you know, average, whatever, we didn't get here by default, it is very easy to let go of the corresponding big dreams, big career, excellent goals, big impact. And I want you to understand, it's understandable why we would end up doing that, especially when we're working hard and asking for help. We're like going or trying to get advice. And I want you to understand and want you to consider that part of the reason, part of the reason why there's this gap between what you feel like you know you can do, that inner potential, that drive that's still there, and what's happening in your career (laughs) is that, you know, institutional culture is a real thing. Trainee mindset and limited beliefs are a real thing. And when all of your advice, when all of your direction is coming with institutional conflict of interest, you need to consider that that is hampering you from the beginning. 
So when we're relying only on these institutional career development offerings, when we're relying only on folks that are geared towards, well, this is how I did it. So this must be how you do it. Well, nobody's ever done it that way. So you have to find and mold yourself after this person. Well, I don't know. It's never occurred to me that somebody could have their practice here, but do their research here. I don't know. Well, I've never had your kind of researcher in the department. I don't know. Like when you're that kind of person, when you're ready to forge new paths, but nobody has any examples, all they can do from an institutional standpoint is give you something that fits kind of. And the problem is that that inherently contains institutional conflict of interest. And that is not the level of support. That is not the level of strategy that matches those exceptional goals, that matches that dreaming big. So that's one thing I want you to consider. Actually, just this whole week, I want you to start asking yourself every piece of advice you get. I want you to start asking yourself, where is the institutional conflict of interest here? Mentors are going to have it. Leaders are going to have it, right? The other thing is that a lot of these programs, not all, things are improving, but a lot of these programs are highly inadequate to address the things that you know, this is especially for my black women, you know, we deal with on a daily basis. The code switching, the isolation, the hyper visibility. It's literally a different journey. That's just the bottom line. I can only speak from my own experience because I'm a black woman in the academy. So I invite any of my women of color, non-black women of color who are listening, let me know. But it is a, it is a different journey. And we already know that extended energy that code switching takes, like we're all clear about putting the mask on, taking it off when you get home, all of that stuff. But that isolation, I mean, I don't want to minimize code switching. I just think that we're all really clear on, on how tiring that is. But we don't talk enough about what is happening with the isolation and the hypervisibility. Isolation is so much more than being lonely. Like isolation isn't about like, oh, I'm the only one, so I'm lonely. Like, okay, that's not great, but that's not the issue. That's not the issue at all. The problem with isolation when you're first only different is that you spend an extraordinary amount of time trying to enroll and have people understand your perspective before they can even get to your ideas. So instead of you presenting your work and spending 20% of the time setting up the work and 80% of the time, this is an example like a works in, works in progress session, getting feedback, having a constructive dialogue, making your ideas better. Instead of that, you spend 80% of the time just trying to explain your perspective, just trying to explain to people how you see the world, how you see things, what the problem is, which leaves you 20% of the time for feedback. Literally, what that means is that you literally have a lower quality idea. Like you literally have spent and have received less time massaging that bad boy, getting it right, working out the kinks because you spend outside time explaining yourself and explaining your perspective. That's why isolation is a problem, not because of loneliness, right? Because you literally are working with less of the kind of main benefit that we're supposed to be getting from being in the academy. You know, like that exchange of ideas, that 
the way that, you know, the sum can be greater than the parts. You don't get that. You the part and the part and the part. Like it's always you. The sum is over here and you're over here just trying to like do some translation so you can get some kind of, some kind of feedback. So that's one thing about isolation. And I guess I'm going on this tangent, but I'm just going to go with it. The second thing, cause I really, I'm tired of hearing us talk about this. Like it's about just loneliness. The second issue when you're isolated, when you're first only or different. Okay. The second issue is that we all, all of us, we all want to belong. Obviously, like this is a primary human calling. Like truly, like everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to be liked on some level, but even away from light, just to belong. This is my group. And when you're isolated, and especially when your work is also unique in the setting at which you're trying to do it, whatever that microenvironment is, you are so much more vulnerable to making decisions in your career that move you away from what you really want to do, from those exceptional goals and impact that you have. You will make decisions that move you away from that because they move you closer to belonging. Because it's easier to work on this mentor's project. Because it's easier to pivot away from the more radical idea that you had to something that everybody thinks is more palatable. It's just easier because there's an opportunity here. Everybody thinks it's great. You know, it's not really a great fit for you. Like you can't really imagine spending all that time in those committee meetings, but who ends up on the committee? So we have that excess vulnerability as well to a series. Sometimes there's big decisions, but often, honestly, y'all, it's a series of overlapping additive small decisions that just keep you moving more and more and more off course from those hashtag big goals, those hashtag big dreams. And that's the other serious problem with isolation. Anyway, okay, thank you for the tangent. We got to deepen that conversation. But anyway, so most of the time, (laughs) the offerings of our institution back on back on track, I told you I had notes. Most of the times the offering of our institutions, when we're now we're looking for help, we're saying, yes, I want a big career. I'll take all the help and the advice that I can get. Thank you. They're not attendant to these issues. And so again, the advice that you're getting is literally not applicable to the challenge that you have in creating this career in the circumstances that you're in. Other problem, diversity offices. Okay. So again, I can speak for me. I know black women listening, black women in the academy listening know what I mean. Literally about 32 minutes after you start your job is when the asks start for you to start helping others, right? It's like, oh, you're here. We're so excited. You're faculty. This is so exciting for my URM faculty, my black faculty. This is so great. We have this student for you, your mentor. Can you come speak to the high school students? Can you make sure you do the pipeline program? We have the residents who want to meet, right? Like it's immediate, just like sheerly because of the numbers, you're going to be one of the few. And so again, those are wonderful programs. Like I get so filled up when I just get to meet with the youth, you know, and like tell them, yes, it's possible. Like, I love that. And all I'm saying is that that means that that programming is not supporting your career. I'm not saying that that activity is contrary to you being able to be successful because I don't believe that at all. But literally that activity, that programming isn't supporting you getting to your hashtag big goals, exceptional career. So that's a problem. That's a huge gap. And so those are the issues attendant. So when you start to understand that, like, you didn't get here by default, 
In fact, listen, if you're still listening to this, it's because you agree. You didn't work this hard for an average career. You are not here for mediocrity. But I want you to consider if you're not experiencing that exceptional career, if you're not, if you're not seeing that trajectory, you're like, yes, I am coming. Like, this is me on it. Yes, it is happening. I feel good. Let's go. Like, it's all snapping into place. I, it, this feels sustainable. If you're not feeling that, I want you to understand it's not because you don't have what it takes. It's not because you're, even if you feel like I'm smart and I'm exceptional, my dream is too big. It's not because of that. It's not, you are not the problem. The gap, the gap is your support. The gap are the strategies and the tools to get you where you need to go. Because again, you didn't come here by default and you're not here to be default. No. Mm -mm. So you need exceptional support. You need exceptional strategy. What I want you to understand is that the counterintuitive thing, right? Especially when you've come and you're like, yeah, I remember this. I'm here. I'm asking for help. I'm looking around. I'm willing to go to whatever, like professional development, check all the boxes for me. I want to confirm for you. You're right. You have done everything. You're right. You've, you've looked for the mentors. You've, you've asked the leaders. You've gone to the three-day career development workshops. You're right. You have done all of that stuff. You're correct. You did your due diligence. And it is time to turn the focus away from all of the things out there. It is time to turn that focus away and invest in yourself, in your own development, not in a new area that people want you to perform well. And this is very counterintuitive because we're really oriented towards, I will go to this amazing institution. I will go to this amazing place. They will confer to me everything I need. And then I will elevate myself and be more exceptional. That is literally the pattern we have been. Some of, some of y'all who went to private school, that's not me. Some of y'all, you've been in that literally since you were like five. I mean, this idea, like the institution will give me this, right? But for other ones of us, maybe it started in college. Come here. We will bestow on you everything you need. Go to this med school. We will bestow on you everything you need. Match into this residency training program, get into this prestigious PhD program. We will bestow on you everything you need. You will come out. Just trust us. We have everything. You will come out and you will be ready. And we get to faculty positions. And whether you are in your first year on faculty, your fifth year, your 10th year on faculty, at some point you have to understand that that pattern no longer is active. That pattern is outdated for faculty, especially for women of color, especially black women who are not here for mediocrity. It's no longer an equation that is equal. What you need has changed. And so that's why investing in yourself and turning things around to understand, ah, this is now the time for me to invest in myself, in my self-leadership skills in my navigation skills of my micro environment, in my strategic, executive strategic thinking skills about how I, I can get what I want, you know, in a complicated and bureaucratic institution, right? All of that in my skills of understanding how to take my value. I know I'm amazing, 
and execute on it. Be clear, align my actions, align what I do, align the value I provide with the value I have inside. How I organize this career that I now have earned strategically, and again, the keyword being organized so that I am marching inexorably toward the big dream. It's not a, I hope it happens one day, we'll see. No, it's like, girl, this is the plan. (laughs) This is year one, this is year two, this is where I'm going. That starts with investment in yourself. What I want us all to really be able to do is instead of focusing on like, how do I make this work? Like, I feel like we do all of this negotiating for our worthiness. That's kind of another conversation, but we do, we do all of this limiting the dream, bringing down, oh, maybe my career can't be that exceptional. Maybe I'm not going to get there. Or some of you might be in the like, oh, okay, it takes this absolutely unreasonable, unsustainable way of working to get there. And I'll just get there. And you don't realize that that does not work anymore. No training programs are finite. You can be insane. No, you now, once you faculty, that's not fine out, girl. You can't do that for 10 years. You can't do that for 20 years. I want you all to really reconnect with this idea that if you're not here for mediocrity, if you didn't work this hard to be average, if you got exceptional goals for your career, if you have an exceptional vision of an impact you can make, which made all of the hard work up until now worth it, if that's you, Your first order of business is to reconnect clearly back to those goals. I want you to audit what you, what you're thinking about right now in your one year plan, your three year plan, your five year plan. I want you to audit that and check it back against the person who started on day one with what they thought they could do because it needs to be just as big or bigger than it was on that day. That's number one. Check back in and reassert that exceptionalism reassert that excellence that we're all here for because we need it. We need you. We don't need you to be default. We don't need you to be average. Mm -mm, Absolutely not. We're not here for all that. We're going through a lot of nonsense and we're not interested in any of that average. So I want you to reconnect that excellence because I promise you mm, it's still there. And I know it's still there because the reason why you feel the schism, the reason why it hurts right now, the reason why you know something has to change but you don't know what is because you still have that. It's still there. It's still alive. That's how I know that it's still there. And the second thing that I want you to ask yourself after you reconnect is how am I using my time right now to make progress toward that vision? Where am I getting my support that has no institutional conflict of interest? Where am I getting the tools and strategies for an exceptional career? Not make sure you get promoted eventually so you don't have to leave. Exceptional career. Where am I getting that support? Where am I doing my own internal development of my inner leader? Where am I clicking off to make sure that I can own my value And that I can use it to navigate with my career. Where am I getting the help and support to optimize my microenvironment? So no matter what the chaos of the day is around me, I'm clear. I'm good. I have what I need. And your girl is getting her work done. Where am I getting the support that I need to ensure that I am using efficient 
proven strategy to maximize my chances of support and funding for the work I do. Where am I doing that? Because inefficiency is a path to burnout. And number four, where am I getting clarity and support around how to translate these, again, hashtag big goals. I will never devalue the importance of really being able to articulate what is the vision? Where are you going? What are you doing? What is the goal? That's really important. But where am I getting the support to know how to take that and translate it into meaningful milestones and like literally my calendar, like literally what am I doing January? What am I doing in February? What am I doing that keeps me on the path? Because let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something. When you can do that, when you can go from this is the plan, this is the goal, this is where I want to go to like, and therefore this is what I am doing in June, 2021. This is what I'm doing in July. This is how I'm getting there. I cannot tell you how much that decreases the anxiety, the chaos, the confusion, the, I don't know how to make decisions. It just turns the whole thing down because you have clarity and that is priceless. So that's what I wanted to share with us today. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening with me today. I appreciate your time as I know it's so valuable. I hope this episode was helpful to you and I hope you feel energized to go out and claim your unapologetic career. See you soon.